Welcome to the Word of Life Center podcast. It's our desire that today's message would equip and empower you to see the Word of God bring life to your life. Hebrews chapter 12, verse uh, 1, I'm going to talk to you tonight about traveling lightly, traveling lightly. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great uh, crowd of witnesses uh, to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Now, if you look at this scripture, you pay very close attention to the scripture that we read. Uh, there's several really, really good things. I'm going to point out three. Number one is that God has a race for you to run. Is anybody interested in running the race that God has for you? <laughs> I've been in a few races. I've been in a few races. And um, I do know this. I do know this. If you're racing, you're progressing. If you're racing, you're moving. If you're not moving, you're not racing. If you're not moving, you're not racing. If you're not moving, you're not what? Racing. One of the things that I really, really love about Jesus, when you see Jesus in the Bible, you see him in the Gospels, of course, and you see that he has a moment with people. He has a moment with people. Their life is changed most of the time. What you'll see after that moment is that he'll, what I call, lead in the moment. He'll lead them in the moment, and he'll say, look, don't just stay here and just dwell on this experience, although it was great, it was magnificent, it was wonderful. What he, what he would do uh, really, really pretty often is that he would help them take the next step. He would lead them in taking the next step. Let me give you a couple of examples. One, um, a woman that was caught in adultery, right? Remember that one? Woman that was caught in adultery, brought to Jesus. Jesus hit her. I like to say it this way, hit her with a stone of mercy, right? The others wanted to stone her, but Jesus hit her with a stone of mercy. That's a great stone. That's a good stone. If you're going to hit with a stone, get hit with a stone of mercy, right? And then after that moment, after that moment, he led her in that moment, didn't he? You remember what he said? He said, listen, go and what? In other words, this is your next step. This is your next move. What about the man that was um, supernaturally delivered, supernaturally delivered from all the demons? Remember that one? I mean, that was a wild story, right? That was wild. I mean, yeah, Jesus uh, cast several, lots of demons out of this man. And, 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 and then the man wants to get on the boat and go back with Jesus. And Jesus turns to him and says, look, he says, look, you don't need to do that. You can't. This is what I want you to do. I know you had a great experience, but I've got another step for you. And that step is to go back to your city and tell what God would have done in your life. So, so Jesus would lead in the moment. And, and let me just say this. It doesn't matter how long you've been serving God, how long you've been in the race. There is another step to take. I don't, I don't care how long you've been saved. You say, but Pastor John, I've been saved a long time. I have arrived. <laughs> That's evidence you need to take another step. Amen? Amen. Nudge your neighbor and say, time to take another step. I mean, it could be serving somewhere. It could be serving, uh, it could be serving in another area. It could be giving. It could be a lot of different things. But I promise you, if you'll just listen to God, he's got another step for you to take in this race that we're in. The second thing that you can pick up on and see in that verse that we just read is that others have successfully ran their race. Remember it said, it says we are surrounded by such a, a, a huge crowd of witnesses. What does that mean? That's evidence that you can run your race successfully. In other words, if they did it, you can too. <laughs> Aren't you thankful that we've got some great examples in the Bible about people who ran their race, ran their race and, and how that, that they, they, they affected 
God just didn't touch their life. They affected and sometimes infected uh, other places and regions and cities with God's presence and God's goodness. Is anybody thankful for the race that we get to run and the fact that others have also ran their race and we can be inspired by that? The third thing, the third thing that you can see there is there are things that can weigh us down. That is the reason the writer of Hebrews says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. And it goes on to talk about sins that can trip us up. I like to say it this way about sin. Sin can mess you up. That's the reason you don't even want to flirt with sin. (laughs) Why? Because there is a cost. The wages of sin have not changed. So it does talk about not even, not even flirting with sin because that can trip you up, that can mess you up, that can hinder progress in your life. But yet it also says there are some things, some weights, that, things that weigh us down, but we need to do what? We need to strip those things off. First time we went to live overseas, um, we packed everything that we could imagine that we were going to need. I mean, when we showed up at the airport, we had all of our bags. We had, out of, you know, these plastic boxes, these plastic containers that you can get at Sam's or whatever. I don't know how many we had of those. We had, we had just tons of them and they were everywhere. And we had our kids, I think Faith and Haley were like two and three years old then. And, and so we had tons of stuff, show up at the airport. We had already made arrangements in Romania. That's where we were going to live uh, to, to, for somebody to pick us up there and so we, we we landed we get all of our stuff off and we get out there and there's these two Romanian pastors and they've got two vehicles and when we get out there we see that there's these two little bitty cars <laughs> and I'm looking at that and I'm thinking there is no way we're gonna get all this stuff in there but you know what happened they did. They had stuff, ropes and stuff. I mean, stuff piled up on the top. And rope. Matter of fact, I got a little picture. I want to show you this picture. This is what we looked like at the airport. There we are, right there. <laughs> Man, we came to save the world, didn't we? I mean, look at that. We even brought some disciples with us. You see them up there? I mean, they're ready to go save. That's not really us. But anyway... <laughs> That's funny. Anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry. But after that, we learned something about traveling. We learned to travel lightly. I know it's important for us to learn how to travel lightly. And here's my point this evening. There's some baggage that we need to drop. That we can, so we can, we can, we can, we need some baggage we need to turn loose of. We need to get rid of, we need to shed. Why? Because ladies and gentlemen, we have a race to run and we don't have time to be carrying extra stuff. I'm going to say it again. We don't have time to carry a bunch of, of extra stuff. Here's what Jesus said about carrying things. Uh, Matthew eleven thirty says, the burden that I ask you to accept is easy. And listen to me, listen to what Jesus said here. He said, the burden that I ask you to accept, it's easy. There, there, there's, there, you will carry some weight when you're a follower of Christ. You will. There, there's some things that you'll carry. There's responsibilities. Are you following? There's accountability. There's a way to do life God's way. So, so there, there are some things that we are to carry. But here's the good thing about what we're to carry. They won't crush you. 
Because Jesus says the burden that I ask you to accept, it's easy. In other words, it's possible. You got a race. You can run with it. The load I give you to carry, it's light. I've compiled a, a list of just a few things, just a few things tonight concerning some baggage. There are really some, some pieces of baggage that can weigh us down that we need to turn loose of. Are you ready for this? If you're taking notes, write this down. The first is the piece, the first piece of baggage is called insecurity. The first piece of baggage that we have to shed, that we have to get rid of, that will weigh us down, that will crush us, that will stop us from running the race is insecurity. Someone wants to find insecurity as the gap between how you and God see yourself. Somebody said the, 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 the gap between how you and God see yourself, that's what insecurity is. Let, let, me, let me just put it this way. I, the Lord gave me this phrase the other day, a way to communicate this the other day. There, there are two parts of us when it comes to what people see. There's the part of us that we project. And then there's the part of us that we protect. There's the part of us that we project. There's the part of us that we protect. The part of us that we project, that's the image that we want people to see. So we project that because we want people to think good of us. We want people to look at us and go, man, they got it all together. I want to be like them. So, and, and often we work really hard to create that image, that projected image, because we want to impress people. We want people to believe in us and, and, and see us in a good light. But then there's that part of us that we protect. That, that's, that, that's that part that we don't really want people to see. And the reason that we don't want people to see that area, that part of our life that, um, that we're protecting is because we're afraid they won't respect us. Are you following me? We're, we're afraid, we're afraid that, that they won't respect us or they, they'll, they'll, they'll reject us. So, so often, really in all of our life, on, to some degree, there's a gap between the person that we project and the person that we protect. And really, a, a really good goal for us is to close that gap. Can I have a better amen than that? R really to close, to close that gap. Well, one of the things that creates that space and that large gap there is insecurities. And, and another way you can look at insecurities is, is an insecurity is just an area of your life that you're not confident in. It's just an area in your life that, that you really don't have, have a lot of confidence in. And we, we all have uh, those, those insecurities. And, and really, to be, uh, really, in order to understand what we're talking about here, and I talk about this quite a bit, especially when I'm teaching like on Wednesday nights, I like to teach on Wednesday nights, is that you have to understand the way that you're made. You have to understand the way that you're created under, in order to understand insecurities. In order to understand that, that area of your life that often that you protect and you're not projecting that. You have to understand that, that God created you in his image and his likeness. That means that, that you are a spiritual being. You are a spiritual being. You are a spiritual being. That's the part of you that's going to live forever. That's the part of you that's like God. When God created us, he created us in, the, in his image and his likeness. God is a spirit. That means we are too. You follow me? Now, we live in a body. That's pretty easy to figure out. We got this tent. We live in this body. But the Bible, said there's a, the Bible clearly says that there's another part of us. It's the immaterial part of us that, that you can't see, but, you can, but yet you can. And that is our soul. 
It's because it's, it's in our soul, in our mind, our will, and our emotion, emotions. That's where we form our ideas, our belief systems. That's where we form judgment. How many of you know that judgment is very important? Can I have a better amen than that? So, so really, an insecurity is when the judgment you have formed about yourself is wrong. You say that again. An insecurity is when the judgment that you make, that you formed about yourself, it's wrong. As a matter of fact, the enemy loves for us to have these insecurities or these, these, these negative images or these false images in our life. He relishes it. He loves it when, he ha- when we have those um, type of things going on in our life. So, because, so what we do often is that we look at ourselves and we, we, we see ourselves, but we're not seeing ourselves the way that God does. We're not seeing ourselves the way that God does. And that's one of the reasons that we have these insecurities in our life. Let me talk to you just a moment about some symptoms of, of, of insecurities. And there's some, so, so when you look at your life and you inventory your life, now here's what we have a tendency to do when we talk about stuff like this. We, we have a tendency to judge other people and go, they got an insecurity. Listen, I don't want any nudges going on when we're going through this. I don't want any finger pointing, uh, okay? Just look at yourself. All right, here we go. A few symptoms. Number one is you don't recognize that you're insecure. All right? And you live out of that insecurity, and, and really that's what drives you. That's what drives you. You begin to live out of that insecurity, and that's the, re- that's the reason we work real hard to, to, to project more. Are you following me? You, that a person that, does, that they don't really realize that they, that they have some insecurities, is, 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 is that they work real hard to project that image. But let, let me help you with something. Let me help you. People that are close to you, they see past the image. They see beyond your projection. And you know what the good thing is? They still love you. They, 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 they still love you. Here, here's one that I've, I've had to work on in my life. Here, here's, here's one of one of the things I've had to work on. It's been an insecurity. Is that, that insecure people are people pleasers. They, they, want, they want acceptance. And they work hard to get it. That, that, that's been one of mine. I've been, you know, I mean, I'll just do whatever I can to help. I'll just, I'll just do whatever, whenever. I mean, and, and that's, a, that's, that's something in my life that I've had to work on. And it's not, it's not that we don't want to, I don't want to help people. I've just learned that my identity is not formed by what I do. And the fact that people will accept me. So I am completely free. If you don't like it, you can, t- no, <laughs> that's not, that's not it. Insecure people never say, I'm sorry. Because they're never wrong. <laughs> I was in the military. I was in the military. No pointing, please. I was in the military, and uh, there was a particular officer uh, that, um, that I had. And I was close enough to him that, you know, conversations, you know, I could kind of joke with him a little bit. And <laughs> we was talking one day, and uh, I, he, 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 he was saying something. And when he said it, I came back and I said, well, you know, I, I know you're never wrong. <laughs> Just kind of laughing. 
And he looked at me very seriously and said, no, I'm not. Houston, we got problems. Yeah. But, but somebody, somebody that, that has that in, an insecurity, it's a lack of confidence. Are you following? And matter, matter of fact, matter of fact, they'll overcompensate with that projection. Tons of confidence. Got it. What, what's happening is they're projecting to hide. Are you following me? That, in, that insecurity. Perfectionism is a symptom of insecurity. People that are just so performance driven. I'm going I'm to listen very closely. This is, happens in workplaces. It happens in leadership. Often what happens is, is that, especially in leadership, I see this quite often, is that a person, and I'm not going to get through this message tonight. I can tell you right now, I'm not going to get through with it. Um, that, that often what happens is a, a real high performance, perfection driven person or leader, what happens is, is that they, they, they don't lead their teams. They drive their teams. And the reason they drive their teams is because what they are producing, they believe represents them. So if you lead people, listen to me, have expectations, but don't drive them. Lead them. Can I have a better amen than that? I don't know why I'm talking about leadership stuff, but how many leaders do we have in the house? About everybody I'll be raising their hand because on some level you lead. Okay? All right. Insecure people constantly compare themselves to others. All right? Insecure people are judgmental and will put someone else's light out so theirs will be brighter. Insecure people. It's getting kind of quiet in here. Insecure people will have very little peace because they live out of their emotions. Insecurity breeds conflict. Drama. Insecure people are often defensive. Insecurity is a form of bondage. And the good news is God wants us free and we can be free from that. Anybody thankful for that? So how can I be be free? Well, I'll say it this way. You You gotta have what I call like a soul makeover. Anybody ever, anybody ever done anything in your house where you had like a house makeover? You know what I'm talking about? What's the HGTV, things like that? You know, you go in and they go in and they rip. What's the, what's the couple's? Come on. Them. Isn't that pretty cool? They just go in there and rip out all the stuff. It's kind of like a makeover. Matter of fact, matter of fact, anytime I walk in our, like our living room and Sandy is standing there looking at something, I said, what I say? Uh-oh. We're fixing to tear something out. So why? We can have a little bit of a makeover. Everybody listen to me. Our souls, our souls, we need makeovers. Where we, listen, we, 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 we tear out some old stuff, some images that culture has placed and what you're supposed to look like, that you're supposed to look a certain way. You've got to drive a certain car. You've got to power and fame is everything. Or sometimes, listen, sometimes, listen, we, we need, a, we need a, a, a soul makeover when it comes to religion. And I don't mean that in a positive light. It's that old image that says, um, you know, God will love you, just dress differently. That God will accept you if you just prayed more. That God would love you if you just, if you just did more. 
Listen to me. Everybody listen to me. We need to, we need to clear out some of that clutter. And what, what do we need to do? We need to replace some of that garbage so we can begin to secure some of those insecure areas of our life. And the image that God has for us, it becomes imprinted in our soul. And see, what happens is, is when that takes place, that gap of between projection and protection, it begins to close. Everybody listen to me. Listen. And that's when, listen, that's when, really when you're the most effective for the kingdom of God. Because it's then, listen to me, it's then where people begin to see genuine Christianity. This is good teaching right here. I'm telling you, this is good. This and the world needs to see genuine Christianity. It's time to do away with the projection and that image of Christianity and begin to get some real stuff going, I'm telling you. We like to use the word revival. I can tell you when revival really begins to happen, when we begin to close the gap between what, we, the, the, what we're protecting and what we're projecting. When that happens, people begin to see authenticity, they begin to see genuine, and they say, I want some of that. I want to be a part of a church that's like that. This is point number one. We'll be here for another two hours. <laughs> Some of you are like, dear God, no. Uh, wow. You serve God not to gain his love and acceptance, but you serve God because of his love and acceptance. That's why Romans, talking about closing that gap, listen, Romans 12, 3 says, for by the grace, um, for, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, Listen very closely. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Talk about closing the gap. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. You should. Watch this. But rather, instead of doing that, watch this. He says, do this. But rather, think of yourself with sober what? Where do you make judgments at? It's in your soul, right? But rather, think of yourself with sober judgment. In accordance, with, in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. Let me just put it this way. Let me translate that and tell you what that means. Don't measure yourself by anything other than who God says that you are. In other words, don't think of yourself too highly, but begin to measure yourself according to the way God has designed you and created you. And when you begin to think that way, instead of thinking I'm this and projecting this, that's thinking more highly than you should. That's projection. Instead of projecting, think sober-mindedly with humility and say, God, I will measure myself and judge you and the images that are imprinted on my soul will be put there by you and you you alone. But who you say I am, what you say I am, and what I can do. Is anybody getting anything out of this tonight? I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this, this is, 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 is we just get this. It's, we just get this. I'm telling you, our, our, our churches won't be able to hold it, hold the people. Now, let me, let me talk to you about something. And I just, just feel like the Holy Spirit said, boom, say this. Everybody listen to me. The stuff that we're talking about here, the Holy Spirit 
is our helper. Now look at me. He's not our doer. He's not going to do this for us. I think we've gotten sort of comfortable in thinking that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, is just here to do for us. No, he's here to help us. In other words, Holy Spirit, you bring everybody in. (laughs) He's like, no. I'm waiting to help you bring them in. And I'm even here to help you, the Holy Spirit. This is what he is here to help us do. I'm here to help you make these changes to close the gap between the, the protection and the, the, the projection. In other words, when you begin to say, God, I'm going to focus on who you say that I am. The Holy Spirit jumps right in there. He goes, I'll help you. I'll help you clean out some of that old stuff. And I'll help you reform some new pictures of who your father says that you are, what you're like, and what you can do. You see, when you put your hand to that, then the Holy Spirit gets involved. And listen to me, that's when there's change. I don't remember the statistic. I'd have to go back and look it up. But it's a small percentage of Christians that have said that that after I got saved, my life was really changed. Small, I think it's like 7%, 7 8%, don't quote me on that, but it's 7 8%, something around there. In other words, I got saved, but there was no change. I call myself a Christian, but my life is no different than before I confessed Jesus as my Savior. <laughs> well, it's like, did it not take? You know what I'm saying? It's like, it, did it not work for me? Was my, was my, was my, I'm not, it's not real? No, that's not, that's not, that's not what's happened. The happen, what's happened is, is that, that Christians don't understand what we're talking about here. That change happens, listen, it happens when we say, I'm not going to compare myself to the world and what the world says I'm supposed to be like. I'm going, my judgment for my life, my judgment for my life is based on what God says about me and his word. And again, what happens is the gap closes, watch this, and people see genuine. (laughs) And they come up to us, Troy, and they go, that's a a sharp jacket, by the way. Well, Troy, man, what's up with you, man? What is it about you? Man, I just love God. He's done this in my life, and he's changed my life. Troy, whatever you got, I got to have. You see what I'm saying? David, man, what is it about you, man? What is it? I know stuff's not going right right in your world, but you're like, what is it? How do you do that? Are you following me? Now, he's not hiding that he's got issues or he's got a problem. He's like, yeah, man, I've got some challenges. Listen, the last thing we need to do is portray ourselves as some sort of a super Christian. (laughs) Like, Super. People are looking like, I know better. And that's a turn off. But when, when we say, yeah, I struggle, I got challenges. But I also got some answers. I've also got some answers. I said, I've also got some answers. Amen. Praise God. Well, listen, I got through point number one. 
What are we talking about? Traveling lightly. In those insecure areas, right? Those areas that we're not confident in. Yes, and I am wrapping up. I'm sorry, worship team. Um, those areas that we're not secure in, those areas that we're not confident in, we just need to rip those out and let God do some work on the inside. Amen? And start, start creating and forming new judgments in regards to the way that we see ourselves in Christ. We begin to judge ourselves differently. And then you're, we're like, I don't have to hide anymore. I don't, I don't have to hide anymore. I don't have to cover up or overcompensate so people won't see who I really am. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Word of Life Center podcast. You can connect with us on Facebook and Twitter or at our website, wordoflifecenter.org.